all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Squirter McCoy. That's right. It's your boy Trav. My God. <laughs> I hope this is a carryover. Uh, not from this episode, from an uh, old one. Uh, we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to our Thursday show, Thursdays, a show where we take a look at the oeuvre of a one Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we're watching Medicine Ball Caravan, also known as The Great Medicine Ball Caravan, a slapdash follow-up to Woodstock, um, and a look into hippie and outsider culture. Nice. And is this everybody's first time watching this? Huh? But take a guess. <laughs> take a guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say it, it's a yes movie. for all of us, uh, especially since this apparently was a very buried documentary. This was uh, a very what? Buried. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't want to give away exactly how I get a lot of my films, but I had to go to some dark places on the <laughs> internet to find it. Not even just we that. We love you for it. It's, again, I know Martin Scorsese doesn't really even have involvement in it for real. For real. But yeah. um, again, with Martin Scorsese and him calling stuff documentaries, and they're not even documentaries, like... I, this is more yeah. of a collage of footage. Yeah. So, so let's let's get the story portion out of the way for a second. Uh, apparently, this was a brainchild of some DJ in San Francisco who thought, you know, hey, Woodstock was a good thing. Let's try to do that. And Warner Brothers was on board because Woodstock made them a ton of money. Yeah, fifty million dollars uh, on a six hundred thousand dollar budget. That's wow. like let's do that again. Yeah, let's let's try to recreate that. So they wanted to highlight a few of their their uh, artists signed to their label, right. and sent them on tour in a bunch of vans and buses, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sent around their own uh, a French film crew to film it. And <laughs> the French film crew just came back with a bunch of unusable shit. <laughs> Apparently through a myriad of reasons uh one that the language barrier was kind of hard for a lot of the french film crew to get over and they just kind of rambled around town and another one being all the drugs yeah <laughs> all of the at drugs. least um all of the drugs drugs in here baby <laughs> so anyway uh Martin Scorsese's involvement with this film is that uh, Warner Brothers knew he, you know, knew he was on the editing team for Woodstock and brought him in at kind of the last minute to parse <laughs> nine hours of footage into a movie. And Marty, we got this pile of shit here. What can you do? Yeah, what can you do? At least. And he just took one look at it. It's like, there's no narrative focus here. I don't fucking understand what I'm supposed to be doing, but. I guess I'll chop it down. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the gist of it. It was, let's just take the best of what we got. Yeah. So Ugh. nominated for five Oscars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be best. Yeah. Uh, best hippie. Best um, editing. Wow. <laughs> they had this one moment in the film that, they played a song where the guy's singing about how much he loves being a hippie. And yeah. they're, 
while they're doing hippie shit, right? So they're like, right. they built a tent for showering, and it's just woman in there with huge bushes, and they're just showering. And then they pan to the left, and there's this fucking creep peeping through, through like the little window way or something. I seen that, oh, right. and he's like peeping through the little window way, watching these girls shower. And the girls are legitimately laughing it up in the shower. I'm like, what are you talking about in the shower? This one chick's cackling. You know what I mean? She's washing her hair. She's cackling, dude. And this guy in the background is just singing about being a hippie. He loves being a hippie. And they're building teepees. And it's 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 something. So so, so Trav, uh, that that song with the um, hippie from Olima. Uh, what, from where? Is it Olima or Olema? Where's that? No. I I can't remember specifically, but it's it's a direct response to Oki from Muskogee. Do you know that song, Trav? I but do not, but I need to. Be an Oki from from Muskogee. Muskogee. So shout <laughs> oh, out well, to yeah, a, so he stole the melody. Yeah, it's, it's a direct so what response. What about proud to be an American? Because that sounds like the same melody. Oh God, I hate that fucking song. <laughs> It's a little, a you little hate different. that song because while we were in school when 9 11 happened, they literally played it. 9 11 remix. I hate it because it's remix. I hate it because it's a corny song. It. And it's the last song in every single fireworks display ever. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, who is it? Merle Haggard or one of those uh, yeah, outlaw yeah, Merle Haggard. Yeah. He did Oki from Muskogee, which was like, you know, we're, we're, proud Americans we act behave we behave right we're not we're not hippies so this song was a direct response to that uh basically a parody but is that it, a but, troll song or it's serious uh, I mean the original. Okie, it, it was kind the, of the a, originals a very serious song okay a yeah. very serious song. I mean okay. it, it's a silly song but it's but, but he, he was serious it. when he it's did it's not it. a joke yeah. to him right this shit is for real <laughs> to this guy right yeah and I mean, I'm like, here jerking it, off his back. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's an Okie from Muskogee. <laughs> oh. Shout out I, to a future Best Picture winner soundtrack that that movie that song will appear on. Oh wow, that's crazy. I, I have I have some family who are Okies. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But he's like, we, we hold hands outside the courthouse. Right? No, we still fly the flag outside the courthouse. <laughs> we like holding hands and being free or something like that. It's, yeah, anyway. Because Okies, you know, it's, it's a nickname for people from Oklahoma. And it uh-huh. became a, a more, more used term during the Dust Bowl when people from places like Oklahoma were having to move out of Oklahoma into California. Right. To get jobs for no money. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this movie and that song are kind of like a strike back against that kind of mentality, but I don't think they really supported their <laughs> hippie claims very well with this particular project. Uh, Olima is a town in Southern California, by the way. Okay. Okay, there, there go. we go. SoCal. It is. Yeah, this is... I really don't even know what to say about... I literally... I don't have anything to say about this, this movie. My I, God. I, had trouble even just like caring about this movie. Dude, the phone was out within the first fifteen minutes of the movie. You know, <laughs> I was texting people, and I'm with you. It, so they literally showed them washing the van at one moment. <laughs> like, we don't need to see a car wash. It's literally just nothing but random footage. 
Yeah, and it, this is the best of the best. So what the fuck was the other? I yeah, eight I, hours? I honestly want to see that nine hour cut, and you know, like segments, so that I could see what what Scorsese had to take out because it was too bad for this. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, it lends uh, owes a lot stylistically to Woodstock. You've got the multi multi scene. <laughs> Sometimes right, they just yeah. multi multiple multiple the same scene which isn't what they did in Woodstock I'm like why are you doing this that you don't need to do it here <laughs> and you know there's good camera work uh, sometimes but it it made the mistake of you know I think when we talked about the Woodstock episode we were like more of the music less of the interviews and this goes like where's all the music <laughs> there's like because apparently there were just a plethora of bands at these stops and we see a couple songs from like five or six artists yeah and it's like i love bb king and his performance and this is phenomenal but i yeah. needed more of that right everybody everybody else's performance is just like mm, all right it was interesting seeing alice cooper so young but i know I mean, that was weird yeah but what pink floyd and uh hot tuna and van morrison were on the 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 english end of the trip and yeah what did they not get any rights to show them or something or what happened it's like i know i know there's a lot of, like martin scorsese just cut a lot of that out and i i mm. guess it was just kind of be like this movie doesn't need it to be any longer than it already is we'll just i guess oh it was already way too long yeah, at 90 minutes 90 <laughs> minutes dude I think and that's, that's like the average that's like a good film length that's what a film should be an hour and a half a children's film whatever yeah. And it still felt too long. Yeah, but when the director is sitting like outside of some some rural gas station with a dude with no teeth and a cowboy hat on <laughs> for like 10 minutes, you're just like, Jesus, can we move on? And then that yeah. whole that whole fucking weird fracas at the end where they're chasing the dude with the knife. Like, dude, I, I, was, I, was wait, I was waiting to bring that up. And then it transitioned into the plane ride and then just playing this song and then credits roll. Like <laughs> It's like they flew, like the thought process was we're going to put them on a plane and they're going to fly away and we're going to see you later. And that's the end of the film. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> it's such a sloppy and weird film. It oh. is. The, but those two, two parts you just mentioned, Paul, are actually the two parts of the film that I kind of, liked a little bit i think the cowboy thing ran on too long but way too long I, I liked the the parallel between like in woodstock they had like the every man who's like oh those hippie kids are pretty good and then you got the cowboy <laughs> saying <laughs> saying the same thing so it's like trying to use these every man type characters to validate your opinion which is kind of anti-rebel <laughs> i don't know um but the antioch college stuff i actually kind of found interesting Mostly because they're talking shit about Warner Brothers, who's like <laughs> funding this movie. I mean, then then you have the little oh, but Warner Brothers isn't bad. But still, just having that all in there is very meta, as in formerly known and, as Facebook. And <laughs> it's really interesting because one of the dudes who's yelling at him brings up the the Woodstock documentary. Yeah, yeah. And he starts talking about Michael Wadley, and they're like, <laughs> "Don't make money off of us." Yeah, he's like Wadley. Wadley just went down there, you know, because he knew that something was happening. Warner Brothers is slapping this all together as like a commercial vehicle to make money off of us. <laughs> like, he's not wrong. But yeah. didn't they sign up for that? I guess not the people at Antioch College or those those oh, those okay. some kids that came out and they were like, oh, "Fuck this." Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But the other thing I like the um, the young black guy they had towards the end who summed up uh, brotherhood and injustice better than anyone in this whole movie because he he comes from <laughs> he's a product of apparently from what you hear he's a product of uh, racism and um, mm-hmm. neighborhoods that have been you know shit on and stuff. So he sums up everything that this movie's trying to say. It makes all the hippies and these college kids come off as <laughs> up their own ass with what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was the one sincere part of the film that you know I'm glad was included. Yeah, I think I was just completely checked out by then. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be can't, honest with you, like you. all jokes aside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and, uh, you know, I was supposed to do Chariots of Fire this week that uh, I didn't, you know, remember or whatever. And <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude, I wish I would have watched that movie instead of this movie. It was mm. a nice movie. I, you know, and that's why I picked it, because I never seen it. But it's one of those movies. Yeah. That's super famous. Yeah. So, yeah, right. as opposed yeah. to this one that was buried. <laughs> yeah. And apparently Warner Brothers never officially put it on dvd and you could buy it through like third party markets and so did it get a theater run uh apparently for one week i could i was gonna say because this comes out and the internet's not a thing so how does this even get bootlegged and made its rounds yeah <laughs> some i uh, have no clue warner brothers uh employee or marty made a copy of it right well so <laughs> imagine back then right because today it's so easy to just grab the file. You know what I mean? Right. You have to go through, you need a lot of time where nobody checks on you <laughs> to, to, to copy over a full tape, dude. <laughs> you got to be alone for a long time where nobody checks on you to do this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This, this is honestly just, mostly just a real boring film. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was funny though. Like, I laughed, but I laughed because of just how bad it was. Again, the woman in the shower, the chicks in the shower laughing. It honestly reminded me of like Porky's or something, where like this is what girls do when they get together. They shower and giggle, but but they were legitimately doing it. So now I feel like I guess that's where it came from in the eighties. Was this was a real thing that girls did when they got together? Was giggle in the shower? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, in the end, even though I wouldn't ever tell somebody they need to watch this, <laughs> uh, I, I'm very grateful for you uh, providing us this opportunity, Paul. I think it it stands, if nothing else, as a really interesting um, time capsule of Warner Brother trying to piggyback on the success of Woodstock. And the the failure of it is on film. It's not just it failed at the box office. You could see it failing as you're watching it. It's like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a miscalculation anyway. in real time. And it's bizarre to watch here. Yeah. And here's the other thing was we we're originally going to watch this Italian film that we just couldn't get our hands on. So the pick was between this and this Corman film. And I saw a little bit of the Corman film and I was like, nah, dude, we got to roll with this music documentary. And now I'm not looking forward to the Corman film, but I'm like, dude, it was, I feel like I was picking between 
you know, shit and poop. Like it's all the same <laughs> thing. Polishing the turd and all that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Zach's over here. I, I appreciate you for the opportunity. And I'm over <laughs> her like, you gave me two shit choices, Paul. <laughs> I, I think Cannonball sounds like a lot of fun, but that's going to be another couple weeks before we get there. Uh, couple uh, of balls. Couple of balls. But, all right. Anybody else got anything to say about this movie? No. May it rest in peace. <laughs> this is weird with all the the kids they had on the bu- the buses too. It's oh like, yeah, <laughs> trying to create a lifestyle as sponsored by Warner Brothers. <laughs> Did it yeah. just feel like hippie propaganda, but the reverse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they failed their intentions. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because and, they're dir- they're dirty hippies. Yeah, and they stick it they stick it out kind of in the dying days of the hippie movement too. So like, yeah, this this might have just been the last nail of the coffin. And you know, um, a family friend of ours who happens to be an old neighbor, she you know she had a wild childhood and she grew up on a commune, right? Mm-hmm. And this is all I could think about. <laughs> this was her life growing up in the sixties. <laughs> was her giggling in the shower while, you know, guys were peeping in on her. Peeping. I yeah. will say, uh, I guess overall, aside from the movie, uh, I read somewhere that the concerts were decent. <laughs> yeah, people and had I fun at the shows. Seen them. Yeah, well, I feel like because everybody was just so messed up on any sort of psychedelics or a lot of marijuana or something like of course they were fun you you know you were look if martin scorsese looks at the concert footage and goes we can't use it i can't imagine it's that good to be honest with you like (laughs) just scrap a pink floyd concert as as like pink floyd is coming into like what they're known for yeah yeah i mean we're we're right around the time of like dark side of the moon mm-hmm. yeah. to be like now this this band that's been around for nearly a decade that's kind of about to break out let's let's not do anything with them yeah <laughs> we so yeah there we go there we go another uh, one all right uh another shockingly one. not in the national <laughs> film registry mm. um but yeah we uh we dug back into the past for this one and uh this is what we got. This was what, 71? 71. 71. And the footage is from when? I, Just the I, 70, like 70? Like 1970, 1971, okay. something like yeah, that. So not metal, too far off. Metal came, came out, out in 71. I love metal. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It's so funny because, like, when you Google this, <laughs> pretty much everything I found was, like, other... It brought me to the bands that were featured in it. Like, there's no real information on the documentary itself it's like so scattered like they have an imdb page but it don't tell you anything yeah francois reichenbach yeah i i had to go i had to go to a bunch of like music sites to find information on this movie yeah but, <laughs> all right um so let's do our worsty judgment Trev. all right Where's this sitting on your Scorsese ranking? Yeah, so I'm not even going to disrespect Martin, (laughs) you know, by even ranking it, rating it, putting it on my letterbox list, nothing. This this is by far the worst 
piece of shit he's been involved in. And remember, he <laughs> filmed a short of him shaving. Okay? This is worse than that. So, yeah, I'm not going to disrespect the mighty. Paul likes the big shave. I know, but this is what I'm saying is uh, (laughs) all he did was shave himself. And this is worse than another man shaving himself. Um, So, and and this has uh, boobies in it. And it's still worse than a man shaving himself. So, yeah, it's not, it's. It's in, uh, it, it's with Jason. It went to hell. Jeez. Uh, that's what happened to it. Zach. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, as messy as it was, I didn't hate it as much as you did. I don't think I'm going to, uh, I might even like it better than New York, New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to tuck it next to unholy rollers. I think they feel like they go well together. <laughs> so it's like, uh, 13 of 16. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Let's see. Um, I, I'm with Trav on this. I think this is the worst thing we've watched so far. Okay. Uh, and, and the beauty of that is it's, it's a hundred percent not on Marty's shoulders. Like the man yeah. came in and did what he could with apparently absolutely nothing. Yeah. I don't even but, know what an associate producer is. <laughs> I it's, it's kind of a made-up title. Yeah, it's like I'm associated with the film. Exactly. It's it's kind of a title that you just give someone to give them a producer credit <laughs> if they didn't. Like, you know, an executive producer, someone who owns the studio, producer, someone who actually finds the money. Yeah. An associate producer is somebody who's pro- And they had producing. input, I guess. Yeah. So he has some kind of creative input, but his creative input is pretty much let's knock out about seven and a half hours and try to parse this down as much as we can, because you, you ooh, know, you know, when Martin dope. puts out an hour and a half film, it was bad. Cause this man, you know, tosses and turns thinking about putting out a less than two and a half hour movie. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. I so just saw what this is called on a uh, letterbox. Uh, we are, we are coming for your daughters. Yeah. We have come for your daughters. It <laughs> is not. You yeah. need to stop right now. That's that's I what mean, it was called when I put it that, into my Plex too. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, there's because a quote of, in the movie. The guy's talking about oh, the hippies are. Uh, they think the hippies are going to come and steal their daughters away on this uh, caravan. So he's they like, paint it on the bus. Yeah, he's like, "Well, we're going to get some of them." <laughs> well, if that would have been a tagline to go with the film, and then you see the film and you understand it, cool. To name the movie that and then be like, new movie coming out. We're coming for your daughters. You know, it's just such a poor Terrible. choice of uh, marketing, dude. I, I think it sounds better than Medicine Ball Caravan. What the fuck does that even mean? I, I, I kind of dug the title. I was like, hmm, what is this about? Uh, there's no Medicine Balls, obviously, in it, but there is caravans. So I guess I'm assuming medicine the medicine ball is like ball the, is those psychedelics. cocktail of drugs. Or something. Yeah. It's the opium. It's yeah. the opium. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is the worst thing we've watched by a long shot. Like <laughs> I, I gave this two stars on Letterboxd and. Well, that's a little high for me. I gave it two stars. Cause I, I do think, I do think the uh, musical performances kind of bring it up. 
your face isn't very convincing, and I don't yeah, know. I'm not. I'm not face, convincing myself either. One, one star for BB <laughs> King. Yeah, BB King gets a star all by himself. It might. I might knock it down. Like I said it out loud, and now I feel bad for giving it two stars. I can't believe you're giving it two stars over some of the other stuff I've seen. You give worse rankings to. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, Dear Evan Hansen is a giant piece of shit. Not this bad though. I, mm. I get it. Oh, it's I don't so share the disgust this. as much as you do, but good lord, it ain't this bad. My God. And again, Evan Hansen doesn't have boobies, and this does, and it's still worse. <laughs> he personally doesn't, or the movie doesn't. Well, both. <laughs> he he might have boobies. Yeah, he's got I, a little bit of. Uh... I can't say he doesn't. No, no, it's, I got some. I got a little bit of moob. So oh, you yeah. know what I mean. It is what it is. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> uh, all right. Where is the hot tuna? Where is the Van Morrison? Where's the rainfall? So we can think about her. Uh, uh, all right. Um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Tramp, let people know where they can find you on the socials media. That's right. I am on the Instagram at ZK Audio, where you can follow me on there. I'm also on uh, Twitter, had a brain fart. I'm also on Twitter at T R A V I O S Z K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, where you can find me ranking and rating. Movies that I watch, and sometimes movies are so bad, I'm not even going to dignify a ranking like this one. So, uh, <laughs> um, damn it, I can't think of Zach's nickname now. Squirter McCoy. Old Squirter McCoy. <laughs> oh, they gonna find Squirter. They're going to find me down in the caravan, peeping in <laughs> on the ladies in the shower. <laughs> Bro, hold on. Literally, they panned the camera, and he's like smirking, <laughs> and they kept it in. They kept it in. <laughs> Uh, what what's my website? Uh, you can find me at oldsquirter.com. <laughs> Critiker, Zach Master, X A K K M A S T E R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox by searching my name, and you'll find my five star review for Medicine Ball Caravan because I think it's an important uh, time capsule of American history. Paul, mm-hmm. uh, you can find me across platforms at Father of the Fear. Those platforms are. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I have watched. And uh, as we discussed on yesterday's episode, the only extra film I got to watch this week was French Dispatch. And um, it rules. It nope. is yeah. incredible. Yeah, you. Uh, that's all I need to hear. You know, I already wanted to see this movie anyways. And um, they, all I need is Paul to say it's incredible it's for me to see it. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm so in for a penny and for a pound on Wes Anderson. It's not even funny. Yeah. Um, uh, what, repeat that sentence. In for a penny and for a pound. In for a penny. In for a pound. Oh uh, yeah, I never heard that. Is that a British thing? <laughs> Probably. Okay. It sounds very Dickensian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we watching next week, Zach? Next week, I'm very excited to announce that we are watching The King of Comedy, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Vudu, or YouTube. A lot of build up for that one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'd like, we like to thank Chad from our sister podcast, Love Love Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. All the show. 
on Twitter and Instagram at OscarSpod and on Facebook at the OscarSpod Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Gore. And I forgot I was going to retire that joke. Why oh. did I just say it? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to retire that closing. And all you got to do is act naturally. Act naturally. Uh, that song's just not the same if it's not um, Ringo Starr's in You're You're right. So, for Trav, Zach, and our Atlanta Braves, who have won game three, two to zero. Woohoo! Like the World Series going to be over by the time they hear this. Yeah. 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 Have a champion, Braves. All right.